Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is The Faith to Move a Mountain. The Faith to Move a Mountain, Mark 11, 22 to 25. Anybody here facing any mountains in your life? Probably nobody here, but you might know somebody who's facing a mountain, dealing with something uh, in our life, right? And it's interesting we felt landed on this passage this week, because as we're going to see in a little bit, this is really about fighting our spiritual wars, spiritual warfare. That's really what this, this passage is really about, which we had a very visible reminder this week, didn't we? Well, we saw what happened in France and the attacks and all the craziness happening, and that's really a spiritual battle. No way around it. It's not just terror. It's, a, it's spiritual warfare. And if you were here for our, when we went through the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, this doesn't surprise you at all, does it? Because we laid it out very clearly what the Bible says is going to happen, is happening. If you, you read your paper, newspaper in the morning, and the book of Revelation side by side, you'll see everything unfolding exactly as we talked about years ago. So it doesn't surprise us, but it does upset us because it's, it's a horrible thing to see. It's a terrible thing to see. But it's a, it's a visible reminder that even when this doesn't break out physically, there's a spiritual war going on constantly in each one of our lives, in our families, in our church, churches, in our country. There's a constant spiritual war going on. And we're going to need the faith to move a mountain to deal with these, these wars that we have to face spiritually, aren't we? We saw how the last few weeks we saw Jesus cursed a fig tree because there was no fruit. If you weren't here for that whole progression, grab the CDs or podcasts, YouTube. Then we saw how he came to the temple and he cleared out the temple because he didn't find any fruit. He cleared it out. He judged the, the temple and the religious leaders of that day. And then he comes back to the last week. We saw he came back to that tree, the fig tree, which he had cursed. And now it's completely dead. And he uses that to teach a lesson on fruitfulness. If you weren't here, make sure you listen to that, the fruit in our life. And today we're going to see he follows up the lesson on fruitfulness with a lesson on faith. Faith and prayer. Let me pray before we read this passage. Father, we thank you for the worship and the words of the worship that remind us how much we need you and we need to be broken and we need your Holy Spirit because we can't be, change our life in any way without your mercy and grace. We pray for that mercy and grace to speak to us now through your word and your Holy Spirit's help. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's pick it up. Mark chapter 11, we'll do first couple, chapter uh, verse 20. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to the, Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. So Peter's surprised. He's like, wow, the tree is dead. And we talked about that last week. But let's see what, how, what Jesus follows it up with here. Verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he has says, says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So I 
tried to come up with a little math formula here. You, you can come up with your own. But I came up with F1 plus F2 equals PP. F1 plus F2 equals PP. F1 is faith. F2 is forgiveness equals PP. Powerful prayer. All right, powerful prayer. So that's my math equation. That's what I'm going to kind of pre preach today. But you can come up with your own equation or write that in your Bible or remember it. Because that's really, it's faith plus forgiveness equals powerful prayer. Faith plus forgiveness equals powerful prayer. He says, this mountain, says to this mountain, throw yourself in the sea. This mountain, he's talking about the Mount of Olives. That's where he's, he's right near that. And from the Mount of Olives, you can see the Dead Sea in the distance from there. If you've ever been to Israel, you've done that. And he says the key to moving this mountain is faith. We're going to start with the faith part. It's faith, the first F. Faith. Faith. And the starting point is faith, is saving faith. Before we can move mountains, before we can pray powerfully, we have to have saving faith. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. There has to be a moment where you put your faith in Christ. John 3.16, we've talked about it many times. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is saving faith. There has to be a time in our life when, when Jesus talked about being born again. Just as, as, as a baby is born physically at some point. Little Noah back there. I'm sure we'll get, get to see him after the service. But it, just as that Noah was born on a specific day, Jesus says you must be born spiritually. Born again. Born spiritually. There has to be a, a time, John chapter 3, where you actually put your faith in Jesus and you are born spiritually. The word literally means be born from above. You are, you are born spiritually. There has to be that time. And that happens when you say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. He came to die on the cross for me to pay for my sin, all the wrong I've ever done. And I put my faith in him. And the word believe here in, in the Greek, in, in, we just saw John three sixteen doesn't mean just believe in your head. It's a lot deeper. It means to cling to, to totally trust in, to totally depend on. That's what it means. And there has to be a time in our life where we say, I put my total trust in Jesus Christ. His death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, to, to forgive my sin and give me a brand new life. I put my trust in him. I give my life to him. That's saving faith. That's the starting point before we can pray powerfully. Then, after we've put our faith in Jesus Christ and we, are, we, are, we have found salvation in Christ, then we must live by faith. Now, this is a different faith. One is the saving faith, but after the saving faith comes the living by faith. This is a complete dependence that we, we as, after we have the Holy Spirit in us and we, and, and we can talk to God anytime, we start to totally depend on God. It's complete dependence, just like little baby Noah who just made his exit. Uh, he, he's completely dependent on his parents. Completely, and that's what we are. When once we are born spiritually, we are completely dependent on God. Galatians 2.20 talks about this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. We are saved by faith, and we must live by faith. Vital to have that completely dependence. Every day, God, I need your help. God, I need your mercy and grace. Every day, that complete dependence. And if we're saved by faith, and then we're living by faith, then we can pray in faith. We can pray in faith, this powerful prayer. Verse 22. 
Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. The faith to move a mountain. Now, there's some biblical keys to understanding what this prayer really entails. Because some people have abused this verse mightily, all right? These prayers must be biblically balanced. Any prayer that we ever pray has to be biblically balanced. And one of the most important balances in prayer, 1 John 5.14. In 1 John 5.14, the Apostle John says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. His will. That's the prerequisite for, for moving a mountain. Because if we come and say, God, please do this, and it's not what he wants done, he's not going to do it. We have to figure out what God wants done. Is it God's will? Which mountains does he want moved? That's very important. There's a whole twisted teaching out there. It's called Word of Faith teaching that says if you pray hard enough and really believe it, God is obligated to act on what you believe. You see these guys mostly on TV, unfortunately, riding around on their $70 million jets, unfortunately. Uh, and, and they teach that if you're not healthy and not wealthy, you just don't have enough faith. And they teach this. Turn on the... Well, don't watch it. It's a waste of time. But, but they're on the TV. And they teach this garbage, this false teaching. And, and I, I've dealt with a lot of people that have come out of these churches and they're wounded. They're wounded because they got sick. And they prayed for healing and they asked God and they claimed their healing and it didn't happen. Because God said no. And they were told by their pastors and by the people in the church that you just don't have enough faith. If you just had enough faith, you wouldn't have this sickness or this problem in your life, or you wouldn't need any financial help, or you, and they, and they get beat up because they got this twisted thinking. And it is twisted because the goal of prayer is not to accomplish our will, but God's will. Isn't that the whole goal of prayer? It's to figure out what does God want for my life? What does God want for someone else's life? What does God want for our church, our country? Whatever it is, what does God want? What is he trying to accomplish? And we ask for God to do that. We we ask him to accomplish his will. Remember the, the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done. Didn't say my will be done. The Lord's Prayer is thy will be done. Jesus taught us to pray that way. So here's the key. If we're, if we're saved by faith, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. If we're living in faith, we're in a very close relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray in God's will. He'll teach us what to pray for. And when we pray for what God wants in faith, the mountain's going to move. It's going to happen. A second key to understanding the, this verse is the context. The context. In Mark 11, 22 to 25, Jesus is, in, is battling some people. In fact, in the verses just before we saw, they're trying to kill him. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all these guys, they're trying to kill Jesus. So the context is battling human enemies and opposition. Another mountain passage that gives us a, a more full picture of mountain that we're dealing with is a spiritual warfare passage. In, Math, in Matthew 17, 14 to, uh, Matthew 17, Starting with verse 14, I'll read it. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. 
He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. O unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So we see the context. Another, in, in Mark 11, it was battling physical enemies, human enemies. In Matthew 17, we see the context that it's spiritual warfare. Fighting against Satan and demons. And both are dealing, both passages are dealing with spiritual battles. That's the real context of the faith to move mountain. Listen, this isn't, Jesus doesn't want us all to start our own demolition companies and go around knocking mountains down, right? That's not what this is about. But he does want us to focus on our spiritual battles. The mountains in our lives. The temptations. The trials. The challenges that we are facing and praying for these same challenges in other people's lives. And we can only move this mountain or sometimes we have to climb the mountain, don't we? There's other passages about you know, persevering over. But we can only move these mountains or climb over them by faith. By completely depending on and trusting in God. That's what Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 is really talking about. We've talked about this passage many times in Hebrews 4 when it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Get that? Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin, let us then, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's depending on God's mercy and grace, constantly mercy and grace. That's what helps us hang on to the faith we profess is that mercy and grace coming to God and say, please forgive me, give me the help, struggling, whether we're, we're in the falling on our face or whether we're just starting to think about falling on our face or whether they're discouraged, whatever place we're in, coming to that throne of grace, not waiting till we clean ourselves up and, and I'll get myself together and then I'll come to God's throne. No, no, no. It's the, th we, the, the whole point is coming where we're struggling. When we say, God, give me that mercy and grace every day. You can't pray that too many times. We cannot pray that too many times in a day. Mercy and grace. Everything that we're facing with, mercy and grace. So we have, the, we have to have the faith to move a mountain. Depending on God, we have to have the faith to move a mountain. But there's also another key that we can't leave out. F1 and F2. Faith and forgiveness equals faith. Powerful prayer. The forgiveness part, very, very important. Back to Mark chapter 11. Because it's great if you have the faith, but if we don't have the second F, we're in a lot of trouble here. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Forgiveness. A powerful prayer involves faith and forgiveness. We must be in right fellowship with God 
and man. It's not just the vertical relationships that has to be right to, to get this powerful prayer, but it's the horizontal relationships that have to be right too. When we won't forgive someone, what happens to us? We become bitter. We become bitter and our thinking becomes distorted. Have you ever become bitter? Well, if you haven't forgiven someone, you already are. <laughs> we already are. And our thinking becomes distorded. And then our, and it, it, our thinking, it, it twists our thinking and it taints our prayers. It poisons us. We actually become toxic. We actually can be praying toxic prayers. Have you ever caught yourself doing that? God, what, get this guy. Let me beat this person at this and that. Don't let them get away with this. Look how they hurt me. Look what they've done. Get them, God. That's called a toxic prayer. And even when we're not praying it, we're thinking it, or we're feeling it, or we're wishing it. <laughs> and that's what happens. Our, our prayers can actually become toxic. And as a result of that, the unforgiveness blocks God's response to our prayers. Have you ever had that happen where you realize that you were actually praying against what God really wants, and God was blocking, and he was doing it because we were in the wrong place? I've... It's been, I've been in for the shock of my life many times that way. And God convicted and said, you need to forgive someone. And then you're going to pray differently for that person or about the situation. Unforgiveness blocks God's responses to our prayers. In Matthew 6, in Matthew 6, let's turn to that. When the Lord's prayer, you probably don't even need to turn to it. Forgive, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we often have, also have forgiven our debtors. Some versions forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. How can we ask for God to forgive us when we won't forgive others? We can't. Many times our prayers are blocked by unforgiveness. We can't expect God to do it. In fact, in Matthew 18, I'm just going to turn to Matthew 18. Jesus gives an illustration of this with a parable. In Matthew 18, verse 21, he says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will repay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went out and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, then the master called the servant in, You wicked servant, he said. 
I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive you, your brother from your heart. That's enough, I think. Are our prayers being blocked? Who do we need to forgive? The way that God has forgiven us. No matter what somebody has done to us, it's not more than we've done to God, is it? What mountain are you facing today? What impossible obstacle are we facing? Maybe you're facing all mountain range. Maybe it's temptation or anger or depression or anxiety or grief. Maybe a family member is in crisis or you have a prodigal child or more than one or maybe your finances, nobody even knows it but you're in desperate straits financially. Maybe all of the above and, and you're here saying you have no hope. There is no human hope, is there? There is no human hope for any struggle we face. There's only God's hope. Because we have God's help. If we have faith. If we have faith. Have you been saved by faith? Do you, can you talk to God as your father? Is he your father? Have you turned to him in faith and, and put your faith in his son Jesus? Do, have, you, have you been saved through your faith? Have you given your life to Jesus? If so, as Christians, are we living by faith? Completely dependent? Are we trying to solve all these things ourselves? Are we praying in faith? If we've been saved by faith and we're living by faith, are we then praying in faith? Do we really believe God can move this mountain? If it's in his will and it's his timing, and we know that because the Holy Spirit has confirmed that in our heart and with others, are we praying in faith? Do we really believe God can move this mountain in his time? Keep praying it until he does it because you know it's what God wants. Keep praying it in faith. Do we keep believing that in faith? Do we realize that it's a spiritual battle that must be dealt with spiritually? How do we deal with struggles in our culture today, in the USA today? How do we deal with them? We take a pill. We self-medicate in some way. You know, alcohol or something else to self-medicate in some way. We veg in front of the TV. We feed the flesh in some way, right? That's how we try to find some kind of comfort or relief. But what happens? It doesn't help, does it? None of those things help. They just make it worse. We are in a spiritual battle. And we have to remember to deal with things spiritually. The struggles that we have spiritually. Spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. The struggles that we face need spiritual solutions. That's what 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 is talking about. So I'm going to leave you with this passage to remember. When the Apostle Paul says in verse 3, chapter 10, verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's how we fight the strongholds in our life and in other people's lives. We take the thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ in our own life. The, the thoughts that, that take us down the wrong roads and, 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 and we end up in, in bondage, in spiritual bondage. It takes spiritual weapons, the spiritual armor that ta- Paul talked about in Ephesians. We take up the shield of faith. We reach out for our Bible, which is the sword of the Spirit. And, and we pray in the Spirit. Paul talks about that we're praying in the Spirit. And, and through that prayer, we get to the root of the, the pain, which is often forgiveness. So many times, as I help people in my own life deal with things, the, the whole problem of my pain is forgiving somebody. That's a huge piece of the pie. But we pray in the Spirit and through, and through the Word, and we get to the root of the pain. Maybe we have to talk to a Christian counselor or a Christian friend or another person, but, but we get to the root of the pain, and, and we deal with that through prayer. Someone sent me a great email a while ago, and I can't remember who it was. Someone here, I think. But uh, listen to this. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by regularly praying to God? The man replied, Nothing. What did you gain? Nothing. But let me tell you what I lost. I lost anger, ego, greed, depression, insecurity, and fear of death. Sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing, which ultimately is the gain. And that's the moving the mountain. What mountain are you facing today? Will you face it alone or with God's help through faith? The bulletin, I thought, had, had a great, just happened to fall on this week again, the bulletin cover. As I was doing this, I, it jumped out at me. God didn't promise days without pain, laughter without sorrow, sun without rain, but he did promise strength for the day, comfort for the tears, and light for the way. Will you face it alone or with God's help? And once again, maybe you need to talk to someone, especially if something's really strong in our life, whatever depression, temptation, fear, whatever it is, something grieving, whatever it is, we need to talk to someone. Talk to me and I'll either help you myself or get you connected to someone who can help because we, we all need some. We all, we're all here to help each other. But faith plus forgiveness equals powerful prayer. Let's pray. How is God speaking to our hearts right now? What mountain are we facing? Maybe we're here today and we've given up on a mountain. Or we don't really believe it's going to move. Or that God can get us over that mountain. But maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting us. Before we can pray this prayer, there's someone we need to, for, to forgive. You can forgive that person right now. 
Right where we're sitting, we can say, God, I forgive whoever it is. It doesn't mean that the hurt will go away immediately. It doesn't mean we have to let them keep hurting us. But forgiveness is a decision. It's a decision that we make to let somebody go and put them into God's hands. Let God deal with the situation. If something needs to be dealt with, let God deal with it. But we just need to forgive and, and not let the person keep hurting us. Not let the event keep hurting us. That's the power of forgiveness. That we put it into God's hands and we let it go. And we don't hold it against the person anymore. We leave that between them and God. It's a decision that we make through prayer. And then little by little, the healing can begin. We could still be upset the next day, but we pray it again. And the healing can begin as we keep forgiving. Do I have the faith to do what this verse is talking about, to what Jesus is talking about here? Are, are you saved by faith? Has there ever been a time in your life where you gave your life to Jesus Christ and put your faith in him? That's the starting point. Before you can pray a powerful prayer, they have to pray the, that first prayer, the prayer of faith. You can do that right now, right where you're sitting. You can pray from your heart to God's heart. Just say, God, I put my faith in Jesus. My complete trust and hope in Jesus. To forgive, to forgive my sin, because I'm turning away from that life. I repent of my old life. I repent of that sin. I ask you to forgive me. I'm putting my faith in Jesus, his death on that cross, his resurrection from the dead. I'm putting my faith in him. I'm giving my life to Jesus. If, we've, if you've prayed that prayer in faith today, you have just experienced saving faith. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has everlasting life. You have saving faith and the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And now you can talk to God, powerful prayer anytime you can talk to God as your father. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've prayed that prayer. Whether it's telling me on the way out or filling out the card or text me, email me, maybe you came with a friend or family member. Let somebody know so that we can encourage you in your new faith. As Christians, are we living by faith? Is there an area of our life that we're not living by faith? We're trying to do it on our own. Maybe even facing a mountain on our own. Are we living by faith? Are we praying by faith? Are we praying powerful prayers of the spiritual struggles that we're facing and other people are facing, that our country is facing, that our church faces? Are we praying in faith? 
Maybe God's talking to us because we've given up on someone. We know we're supposed to be praying for this person. We know we're supposed to keep on persevering. But we've given up. And the Holy Spirit's convicting us of that. Maybe there's something in our life, a stronghold in our life, that we've just given up on. We've just made peaceful coexistence with it. And it's hurting us. It's killing us spiritually. It's keeping us from that close relationship with God our Father, that intimacy that we, He wants us to have, the peace and the joy and the blessings that he, he wants to give us. Father, I pray that we would not give up. I pray that you would give us hope through this, the words of Jesus today, that we would have the faith to move a mountain. And even if that mountain keeps re, reappearing every day, that we would again, by faith, Pray powerfully and keep on fighting the battles and keep on persevering and keep on moving forward and keep on growing spiritually and growing in our faith. I pray that, Father, especially for, for each of us in the areas of our life that we are most discouraged, the most discouraged about, that you would give us the hope in your Holy Spirit to face these mountains with faith. And I pray that if someone needs to talk to someone, you would lead them to someone they could trust that could come alongside and encourage them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.